I mean, my mum was fantastically glamorous. She was a, a transatlantic air hostess. Um, I remember shopping with her from a very young age. I remember being in Friends on Grafton Street and she tried on this beautiful sort of ivory lace two-piece, a dress with, with a lace overcoat, um, very, very light um, sort of overpiece. And, and sitting there with my head in my hands looking at her and she was just so beautiful and I said you have to buy it and she said why, why do I have to buy it I said because when I grow up I can get married in it <laughs> I still get a tingle when when I see her getting dressed to get out to go out with my dad you know that you know whether it was a dinner dance or a dinner party or whatever it was it was so magical well funny my dad worked in the bank all his life you know he he was a frustrated creative um, he he painted. Um, he, he's a you know very intelligent man, very quiet man, very wry. Um, you know I have I have nothing nothing but the height of respect and good feeling for my dad. He's he's the ultimate gentleman. He's a man of boundless patience. Um, he's very funny when you get him going. He's also very serious. If he rings you and leaves a message, you always think somebody's died because it's kind of this monotone, it's your father, call me back, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's an amazing man. And I think, you know, I think if he, if he could do it all over again, maybe he wouldn't do it the same way, you know. Maybe he would follow a creative path. Um, and certainly a lot of my crea- creativity, I suppose it's split between the two of them. We stayed out with them on, on Easter Sunday, and Dad was talking about uh, jazz clubs that he used to frequent. One on Stevens Green, I can't remember what he called it—the Green Room or something. And I think, I think, I think my dad probably had a slightly left of centre youth before he met my mum. We, I suppose, the music that was there was pretty much the same music that was in a lot of houses at that stage. You know, a bit of Herb Albert, um, a bit of Abba, a bit of Kenny Rogers, um, Simon and Garfunkel. I suppose that was. Simon and Garfunkel, of all the music that they had, was the one that I listened to, I suppose, um, from from a very early age. You know, when you have your tape recorder in your bedroom and you take the album and up you, up you go in the solitude of your own little space. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know Whoa, whoa, whoa God bless you please, Mrs. Robinson Heaven holds a place for those who pray Hey, hey, hey Hey, hey, hey We'd like to know a little bit about you for our files It was a reception for the Irish winner of the Smirnoff um, Fashion Awards. So there was a huge reception held by Smirnoff in in, uh, the Curling Gallery when it was on Dawson Street. And uh, I was with Vivian Walsh, who uh, I worked for at the time. She had an amazing store on Dawson Street called Camouflage. Uh, and we physically bumped into each other three times. The place was heaving, absolutely heaving. And three times I kind of turned around to go somewhere and, and slapped into his chest. And by the third time, of course, it was absolutely ridiculous. And we sort of started laughing about it. 
you know, it's fine. Myself and Vivian said, we better go and get something to eat. And as we were leaving the curlin, he was standing by the wall with um, his friends. And I kind of waved and said, bye. And he smiled. And I went outside and I said to Vivian, do you know what? There's something really nice about him. I'm going to go back in and get him. <laughs> so I I went up to him and I said, we're going for something to eat. Do you want to come? And he didn't even, I just remember, he didn't even turn to his friends. He just literally grabbed his coat from beside him and left. Um, and that, that was the beginning of what is now nearly 19 years old. The twins came along when we were 10 years together. Um, we were unbelievably lucky because um, we had had the most fabulous hedonistic incredibly social wonderful set group of friends um you know we'd had a ball for 10 years we really had but i think we were re- we were really ready to have children um and we had um you know i think we were doing it for the right reasons you know we, we want we wanted we want kids we want kids not to not for any other reason than just wanting kids. And I think we were very aware that we might have missed the boat, that we might have left it too late. And we made a pact that if we couldn't have children that we'd just move on and accept it. <clears throat> it was it was amazing. I mean the first year it was an absolute blur. I, I remember very little of it. Um it was merely survival. Really they're bright and engaged and 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 have always been great company you know and I I don't I don't think we've particularly made concessions to be parents above being people I I have a very strong sense that you have to drive you can't let children drive the machine you have to drive the machine you know if if somebody were to hand me a a regret it would probably be oh I worked during their early years and I didn't you know the bog standard regret would be I wasn't there for them. I, I mean, I absolutely am there for them, you know. Um, um, I wouldn't be a good stay-at-home mum. I know that for a fact. I just, I remember listening to it again and again and again. And it, it's, you know, it's a love story. But it's a perfect love story for a teenager, you know, it, the way it's told. Maybe you'll go away and never Yeah.